Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Get out your Bibles with me this morning and turn to 1 Kings, where we'll be this morning just for a little while. And I heard uh, on the TV being said that there were predicting 50 million Americans traveling this 4th of July. And I thought, that is a lot of folks just going somewhere for a one-day holiday. There'll be thousands of dollars spent on fireworks and barbecues and beverages and all to celebrate our freedom we have in this country. You know, we've heard it said that America, the land of the free and also of the brave. And I think of the freedom and what it cost us. I just want to share this just for, a brief, just for a brief moment as I go into my message. But the price of freedom. How many know freedom comes at a price? And sometimes we forget that, what it cost. And we get used to it so much. But here's a little price of freedom. American Revolution. There was 4,435 casualties. War of 1812, there was 2,206 or 260 casualties. World War I, 116,516. World War II, 405,399. Korean War, there was 36,574. Vietnam War, there was 58,220 that gave their life. Desert Storm, there was 383. Enduring freedom, Iraq's freedom, and in that there were 6,775 lives. So as you can see, freedom is not free. Freedom cost. Freedom is something that many times we don't give a second thought to, but the fact is it truly has cost many people their lives, and it's also cost many families, their loved ones, and the opportunity to be with their loved ones, and so I think it's a good, good thing that we never forget what freedom costs. And so I want you to stand with me this morning as I get ready to go into my message. I know you just got comfortable, but I want to do something that we don't know a whole, whole lot of anymore. I want us to say, or, 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 or say the Pledge of Allegiance this morning to, to this great country that we live in. Here's the flag on that side over there. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, this morning we thank you and praise you. Lord, we're thankful that we live in a country that we have a freedom to do what we're doing in this service this morning. Lord, that we can present the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can open your word freely in this land that we live in. And Lord, we pray for our nation this morning as a group of people, God. Lord, we long for the day that once again that we will honor you and worship you in our nation as a whole. 
Lord, we long again, once again, Lord, for our White House and our government, God, to honor you also in the decisions and the things that they do. And Father, but we still thank you, Lord, for the nation that we live in. We thank you for the freedom that you've given us. We thank you for every life that has, that has been given for our freedom. And Father, we thank you for the freedom that you give us in your Son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, like many things in our country, the word freedom is being abused. When we think about the freedom, one definition that I found on the web was this, the power or right to act, speak or think as one once without hindrance or restraint. Let me read that again. The definition, that's a common definition out there of freedom nowadays. It says, the power or right to act, speak, or think is one once without hindrance or restraint. Now that, that definition really speaks of a lot of, it gives a lot of freedom, a lot of liberty out there. And this seems to be the thought held by liberals in our country. I can say what I want, act like I want, be who I want, be what I want, go where I want without hindrance from anyone. They are basically saying, listen, I'm not going to be political because this is all I'm saying this morning. They are basically saying that they want absolute freedom without any boundaries or limitations. And they are clearly going under the definition I just said that freedom without any limitations, without any hindrance or restraints. And we see that many times going on in our country right now. But can I say this this morning, that this type of freedom that I just described, this type of freedom without limitations, without hindrance, cannot be found anywhere on this earth. Let me say that again. You can't find that type of freedom on this earth without hindrance or limitations. And this morning I want to look at a passage of Scripture that kind of gives us that example of what I'm speaking of this morning. So if you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 2. And with that thought, is that freedom does have restrictions. And freedom does have boundaries. And freedom, there's such a thing that there is such a thing called the freedom line. That when you cross that freedom line, you lose your freedom. There's such a thing that there's no such thing as total freedom. As we read this this morning, I want to give you a little background before I get there. And the background's found on 2 Samuel chapter 16 and also 2 Samuel chapter 19. When Absalom rebelled against his dad and decided that he was going to take the kingdom of Israel from his dad and he was going to dethrone his dad, David fled out of Jerusalem. And on that journey, there was a Benjamite man. And I just get, you, I get him as a man of small stature. I don't know. Because he was sitting there. His name was Shimei. And he was sitting there as David was coming by and he was cussing David out. 
The scripture says that. He was literally cussing him out, and then he was taking rocks and throwing them at the king. You know what was wrong with that? David was God's anointed. And he was sitting there cussing God's anointing out and throwing rocks at him and, and throwing dirt up in the air, and he's just acting like a complete idiot. But we find at the end of that story is Absalom was killed and the kingdom was turned back to David. You know, that presented Shimei a problem. Shimei bet on the wrong horse. And we find that that caused him an issue. So Shimei came as David was coming back to the the to take his kingdom back, he came and fell at David's feet and begged him for forgiveness. Y'all remember the story? He says, David, forgive me for what I did. I am your servant. Wow, what a change he had in just a few days. And he says, forgive me. Now some, pa some time passed and David was about to die. And we know the story that David called Solomon in and said, Solomon, you're going to take my throne. You'll be the next one in line. You're going to be the king. And then David was giving Solomon some housekeeping instructions. He said, I want you to take care of Joab. You remember what Joab, he's brought blood upon my kingdom, upon my reign. I want you to take care of Joab. And then he got down to this guy called Shimei who cussed David out and threw rocks at him. And he says, I want you to take care of Shimei. I don't want his gray head to go down to the grave without blood on it. And so David was giving Solomon instructions basically to kill Shimei. He says, I want you to take care of that man. And he's not talking about loving on him. He's talking about taking him out. And so that's where we find our scripture this morning as we get ready to read it, starting in verse 36, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 36. It says, Then the king sent and called for Shimei, and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem, and dwell there, and do not go out from anywhere. For it shall be on the day you go out and cross the brook Kindron, know for certain you shall surely die, your blood shall be on your head. And Shimei said to the king, and saying, saying that the saying is good, As my lord the king has said, so your servant will do. So Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. As we read that scripture, I can literally, literally say this about Shimei's life, is that his life was in the mercy lane. Life in the mercy lane. You find that in verse 6 or 36 when you're looking at what's going on in Shimei's life. He's truly living in the mercy that Solomon granted unto him. Shimei had experienced mercy on more than one occasion. How many of you believe this morning that you've experienced mercy on more than one occasion from the Lord? Amen? Shimei had experienced mercy more on more than one occasion when he was cursing and throwing rocks at David. I mean, you know, David hang, hung out with some pretty tough fellows. And he also hung out with some guys that were really loyal to him. A, a few of them says, David, are you thirsty? We'll go down and fight and get you a drink. I, I'm going to tell you, when he was cussing the king out, and throwing rocks at the king, the king had people around him that says, let me go take his head off. And you know what David says? No. David granted him mercy at that very moment 
to Shimei said, no, I'll let him live. Perhaps this is what God wanted that man to do. And another thing, David's man, and when David was coming back to take the kingdom back, Abishai, which Abishai is a very loyal man. You, if you had a friend in your life, you wanted somebody named Abishai. He was there. He was the armor bearer, and he would take care of the king no matter what. And so when, when David was coming back, here came Shimei. And he falls down at the feet of David, and Abishai says, David, here he is. Let me kill him. Let me take his head off. He is not going to talk about my boss or my king like this. Let me kill him. And David says, no, I'm going to grant him mercy. That's twice. Two times that he's already living in mercy because David's gave him that mercy. Then David basically tells Solomon, like I spoke of a while ago, to kill Shimei, yet Solomon chose to show him mercy one more time. So we can say Shimei was living in the mercy lane. The only reason he had life at all was because of the mercy that was coming into his life and it was granted to him in order to have life. You know, mercy is not a bad thing. Mercy is a good thing when it comes in our life. Mercy is something that we want to have in our life. And Shimei was ex experiencing that. He had mercy in abundance. When we are living outside the perimeter of God's grace, we are living in mercy. Let me, let me tell you, there's been many a people, listen, there's been many a people say, well, I don't know why God's kept me, even when I was not a... a, 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 a a child of God, I don't know why God kept me through this and that. I can tell you why God kept you through that. It's because you were living in the mercy lane. Amen? That when you were rebellious, when you weren't serving God, when you were wayward, whatever it might have been, you were totally against God and God's principles and ways. The reason that God did not take your life is because you were living in the mercy lane. Come on, it's a great place to hang out if you don't know the Lord. This place called mercy. I don't believe that Shimei was dedicated to David, nor was he dedicated to Solomon, but he was living in that lane because they allowed him to live there. That mercy lane. Second Peter, I wonder sometimes, why does God do that? I'll give you why. Because in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. Come on, God wants every human being to be saved. It is His desire. He wanted every human being to be saved so much that He said, Jesus, will you go die upon the cross that I can make a way that they can come into my presence once again and be my family. God is all about saving souls, church. That's why I love missions. Amen? Missions is about saving souls. And God allows many people to live in that mercy lane because His intent is for them to come to know Him as Lord and Savior of their life. God is full of mercy. And I'm thankful this morning that He's full of mercy. I'm thankful that He didn't wipe me out or wipe you out the first time we messed up. 
And I'm thankful He didn't wipe me out when I didn't have a relationship with Him. The mercy. The Bible tells us that, you know, that He is that merciful God. When the Lord passed before Moses, He proclaimed His mercy. How would you like to be in Moses? Man, He had that, that relationship with God. He talked to uh, the Lord face to face. I mean, He had that relationship that others do not have. And in Exodus 34 and 6 and 7 says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. Now listen what the Lord proclaimed about himself. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands. Listen, did you hear that? Keeping mercy for thousands. Praise God for the mercy that he had for us. Aren't you glad you had a little cup of mercy poured on you this morning? Aren't you glad that we walked in that mercy of God and God brought mercy? He says, Forgiven iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. If there's one thing you need to attach to your thinking when it comes to God, I know God is a God of love. Thank the Lord for that. But also, He's a God of mercy. Amen? How many know the Bible says we should love mercy? We should love mercy. Uh, and it's not just the mercy that we get, but we should love to give mercy out. Amen? Everything we get should flow through us. And we should love to give mercy out. God was doing that. This is what happened to Shimei. He was living in the mercy lane. I can look back in my life, and I can tell you when I was living in that mercy lane. And I know that some of you can reflect back and say, I was in the mercy lane. I thank God, hallelujah, that He did not destroy me in the mercy lane. Mercy allows life to go on. Come on, I want you to understand this just for a moment because I've, I've often wondered, you know, there's that old song, why do the, the wicked prosper? And, and some say, why do they keep having blessings into their life? But can I tell you something? The only reason life is going on with some people today is because mercy that God has distributed to them. Now, if I was to ask you if you had a list of people you thought God needed to quit giving mercy to, you could tell me real quick. Amen. And you may call them politics or politicians or whoever you wanted to do. But I'm going to tell you, God is the one that allows people to live in those mercy lanes. Don't ask me why. He's got a reason. But that's where it is. Those lanes. Shimei, through mercy, was granted, was being able to live his life. He literally should have lost his head the first time. And the second time. And the third time. But through mercy, he was being allowed to live. Come on, it's a, a thing that's a wonderful thing in her life. He conducted business and he had a, laugh, a life in Jerusalem. I've been there. Jerusalem's not a bad place to live. He had something going on. Many people are only living because mercy has been granted unto them. And I'm going to say this this morning. America is living by the mercy of God. Come on. America is only existing right now because of the mercy of God and what God has extended to our country. I love our country. I don't love a lot of things that are going on in our country today. And I know a lot of things that we're doing totally turns God's stomach because of what we're allowing. But let me tell you today, it's only because of His mercy that we are still able to go on. 
It sure isn't because of the money and the value of money. Hmm. That's losing value. We probably lost more just as I'm preaching. But it's that mercy, living in that mercy lane. Listen, Shimei had been told to live in Jerusalem, which gave him freedom. Solomon said, live in Jerusalem, it'll give you freedom. Freedom to live within boundaries. Shimei was told he had freedom to live Freedom to live within boundaries. Basically is what Solomon was telling him. Free to live yet restricted. Shimei was told not to leave Jerusalem or go past the brook Kindron. These restrictions for life was put upon him by the king. Listen to what he was saying. Long as you stay within the freedom line, this side of the freedom line, you can have life, you can live, you can't cross that line, but you can live within that perimeter of Jerusalem and still have a life. Now listen, some might think that was unfair. He couldn't go outside those lines. He couldn't go cross the brook Kindron. And some would may, maybe say, that's not fair. And I would get it. But if that's where I'm going to find life, I might want to stay there. Amen? Can I tell you though, you may think it's unfair and people might think it, un it was unfair what the king did. The king though, however, had authority to implement such restrictions. No other being on earth was, had more authority than King Solomon did in Israel at that moment to put those boundaries upon Shimei's life. He says, if you're going to have life, Shimei, I want you to understand this. You have to live in Jerusalem, but I am putting you in boundaries. You have freedom to do what you want in Jerusalem, and you have freedom to do, carry on life, have life, make money, whatever you need to do, but the boundaries there. How many understand today that King had every right to do what he did? And he put those boundaries there. By the same token, listen this morning. God has every right to place His boundaries in your life and mine. I know that's hard to accept, but He has every right to put boundaries in your life and my life. After all, He is God and He is our Creator. I am not created by this country we dwell in. I am created by God. Everything we see is created by God. Every human being is created by God. We are His creation. And why does not He does He does not have why does He not have the right to say, I'm going to put boundaries and the way the human beings will operate and the lines that they can cross and the lines they can't cross? Because He does have that right to do that. Can I tell you, and that's why I made the statement at the first of my message, there's no such thing as absolute freedom without boundaries or limitations. Listen, why? Because I'm not answering in the long term 
to this government that we have. I'm answering in the long term to the Creator of all things. And we do not have absolute freedom on this planet Earth to do what I want to without hindrance or restraints because God has put those hindrance and restraints in place. He has set boundaries up of what we can do and what we cannot do. How do we know that? We live in that freedom, but yet God says, I have put boundaries in the lives of human beings. I put boundaries there. He has the right to do that. And I'm going to tell you, those that do not serve God will still be held accountable to the boundaries that He has established. It doesn't matter. Because He's Creator. He has the ultimate authority to say, you will not do this. That's God. And listen, if we are saved, God has even more right to do this in our lives and set boundaries in our lives. How many put boundaries in your children's life? I know I, I watch Oliver and Jeanette. They've got trackers on the phone for Rebecca. She just went outside the fireworks stand. She's back in. <laughs> Literally, it keeps up with them. And there's, there's boundaries that are there. All of us as parents understand that we have the right. Come on, parents, you have the right to be in your kid's business. Come on, I should have got a lot more amens than that right there. You have the right to, to be in their business, right? Why? Because you have authority over them. You have the power over them. You are their parent. You're not their friend. You're their parent. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You have that. I know kids aren't clapping at the moment. All right. But I'm saying the same thing. Then why do we as children of God don't think that, that our Father in heaven does not have boundaries for you and I. Come on, we hear the boundaries. We're always talking about the boundaries of the world and what they're crossing and what they're doing that God's not up to or liking. But do we not understand today that God also has boundaries in our life that we are not to cross over, that we have freedom to serve God and freedom to worship Him on this side. But when we cross over here, He is going to hold us responsible when we cross that line. We have boundaries. I know it's not preached much anymore, but I'm going to tell you it's about time that the church, especially in America, gets back to understanding that we have been bought with a price, that we have been purchased with the blood of Jesus, that we are no longer ourselves, but we belong to God Almighty. He is our King and our Lord. We are His. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to remember that in your prayer every now and then. Come on, if, if you're living in somebody's house, you're and you have a problem with it, you call the landlord. Come on, even as, as much as we are, are not ours anymore, this thing belongs to him. Amen. Tonight when we have prayer, I want you to come with that mindset. Hey God, your house needs some touch. We belong to him. In our mindset, we have to understand that. Why do we not think that we are not held literally to a higher level in the boundaries in our life? Because God sets them. See, God did not save our soul that we could serve the devil. Come on. He didn't do that. We were serving the devil before we got saved. He saved us to be a child set aside for him and to be used of his kingdom. He saved us to be his and his alone. That's it.
You, I, every Christian belong to Him and Him alone. Listen, the boundaries were very clear for Shimei. There was no doubt. Shimei knew without a doubt the boundaries that mercy was operating on and that life was there. There was no doubt for him because Solomon didn't write it in some code like some of the scriptures that we see and we think, wow, what does that mean? Solomon said very clearly, you go outside the city and pass the Kindred Brook, you will die. He didn't have to have a, a, a line drawn across. The, the brook was the line and he understood those boundaries. Let me tell you, for the sinner, God's boundaries are very evident. You say, how's that? They're not in church. I'm going to say, they are evident. For those that know Je- do not know Jesus, the boundaries are still there. Romans 1, verses 18, I'm just going to read verse 20. It says, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are, very, are clearly seen. Since when? Since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, Attributes are very are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. How many of you know we are things that are made? We are things that are made. We are created, even His eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Can I tell you this morning that there are things of, of the law of nature is very clear what God intends. Come on. God intends, there's just the law of nature which comes from the creator of the fact that things just speak for the fact that the creator of this universe had the right intentions with right or the right things. With all things. He gives us an ideal of that. So those that are not saved still are held responsible because it says it is very clear. The universe speaks of His authority. The creation speaks of His boundaries. The things that are created speaks of His boundaries. And in our country today, we are crossing boundaries that should not be crossed. Creation in itself, young people, says that there is a male and a female. That's it. That's what it says. But yet, these boundaries are being crossed. For the Christian this morning... When we talk about being very clear, listen, I'll give you one scripture to help all of us. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as He who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. In what? Just part of my conduct? When I'm at the show, I can act like somebody else. No, when I'm at the family reunion, I can act like somebody else. When I'm in church, I can act like somebody else. It says in all our conduct to be holy. Now we talked about that this morning in a Sunday school class. I'm going to tell you, that's not an easy chore. But if we model ourselves after Christ, we can get there. Amen? Because He is holy. When we talk about the boundaries for my life, for the boundaries, we need to understand, boundaries have been set for the Christian. And it is to be holy. That's it. Be holy. Be separated unto God. Now read with me verses 39 to 46 because I'm almost getting close to being done. So we've established Shimei is living in the mercy lane. And we also established that he had life within those boundaries that were established. Now listen to what happens in 39. I'm just going to go a few verses. Now it happened at the end of three years 
that two slaves of Shimei ran away to Kish, the son of Mekah, king of Gath, and they took Shimei, saying, or they told Shimei, saying, Look, your slaves are in Gath. So Shimei arose, saddled his donkey, and went to Kish and, and Gath to seek his slaves. And Shimei went and brought his slaves from Gath. And Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had come back. Now listen to this. Boundaries in our life are not dissolved by our choices. Boundaries in our life are not dissolved by our choices. When we talk about the boundaries that Jesus or the Father has put in our life, they're not dissolved by our choices. See, we have the freedom to choose to ignore the boundaries set by higher authorities in our lives. When we read this last part of the scripture, we don't read, we, we don't read that Shimei uh, gave it a second thought. It says that he heard that his slaves were gone, and then he saddled his donkey and went. He did not ask permission from the king. He did not hire someone to go after his slaves. He responded as one with no longer thought to boundaries applied any longer, even that the king even considered those boundaries important anymore. Now listen to me for just a second. Shimei, it had been three years or so since he had been living in Jerusalem. And, and, and it looked like that, oh, David, had, or not David, but Solomon had forgot about what he was saying. So when this happened, Shimei just went on. How many of you, know, you can justify yourself to go across boundaries? You can get to a point that you're no longer afraid of the king. Whatever it may be to where you no longer have reverence toward God. How many, some, a long time ago in our nation, everybody reverenced or had a reverence for God, but that's long gone. And all of a sudden, now Shimei went, I don't know if Shimei was thinking when he got on that donkey, he said, well, you know, Solomon, he's an understanding, he's an understanding king. If his slaves were gone, he would, you know, he would go after them. You know, you can justify a lot of things. And I don't know what all, you know, I'm adding a little bit into scripture here. I'm just letting the story expand a little bit. But for whatever reason, he chose to cross the boundaries that was set in his life and he knew that when he crossed those boundaries, Solomon said, you will die. Solomon said you would die. He responded as one that did not care. Perhaps he felt like he had served his time. But regardless of the reason, he chose to go past the boundaries that had been placed in his life. Can I tell you today that the country we live in is choosing to go past boundaries set by God. Amen. And I could spend the next 15 minutes just whatever, you know, talking about the things that we're doing wrong. I'm not going to do that. But let me put it like this. Our country is very comfortable with the things outside of God's boundaries. And life is literally draining out of our nation. Life is literally draining out of our nation. And we see it. We see it. A nation that was once blessed, now we're a nation that is really stressed. I'm just saying today that when we get comfortable, and if when we can even, if we're outside those boundaries, we can even find a preacher. And believe me, there are some in this community of Amarillo that will condone you living outside the boundaries that God has set up. 
I don't want to be that type of preacher. There are those that would say, yeah, you can live with somebody. You're going to be all right. And all different, like I said, I'm not going to go into a lot of things. But the fact is, God has set boundaries. And we know God's Word tells different. And Shimei crossed that boundary. And then he went into judgment, came knocking on his door. Judgment came knocking on his door. He did something he knew he was not supposed to be. He chose to rebel against the boundaries, and then judgment came knocking on his door. You know, it didn't happen as soon as Shimei crossed the Kindred Brook. It didn't happen when he found his, his slaves. It didn't happen when he got back. But it did happen when it came to the king's attention, and king, the king had no more mercy for Shimei. No more mercy for Shimei. Verse 42, Solomon judges Shimei because of the freedom line he chose to cross. And Shimei's life and the mercy that he had both ran out that day. There are those in our country that are about to find out that God's mercy has ran out. You never know when that time will come. You can be flowing in that mercy line, in that mercy lane, and you keep doing things that you know that are against God, and keep doing it, and one day, the king, it comes to the king's attention, and he says, you know what, I've gave him all the mercy I'm going to give, it's time for his life to end. I, I, when I was working on the fire department, my first four wrecks or five wrecks was fatalities. And that was pretty difficult for me because I had never been uh, in, in such situations. And, and believe me, sometimes it's not a pretty thing. My first one was a 15-year-old boy that had swerved. They swerved to miss a dog and, and, and on a cliche road and it rolled the pickup and slammed the passenger in the, in the pickup right next to a telephone, crushed the bones in the side of the body. And, and, you know, he was alive when we got him out of the truck but didn't make it past the bridge and border. I'm just, the first four, I'm thinking, my word, I don't want to go on anymore because it looks like when I roll up, people die. It's not a good thing. But many of those I thought to myself, what was it, where were they at with God? Where was their heart with the Lord? Was this one of those moments in their life that they said that the Lord says you've been running in your mercy lane long enough, your mercy is out and your life is out also? Come on, I, I worked direct late one night and, and a young man coming home for a party at 2 o'clock in the morning. He, he fell asleep at the wheel going around one of the curves. The, the pickup rolled and, 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 and threw him out. Broke his neck. And I thought to myself, why him and not others? Why him at the age of 20 years old? Why did his mercy run out at that moment? Did God say you operated in the mercy lane long enough? Now it's time. I'm going to tell you, some people have been operating in the mercy lane for decades and God hadn't said it's enough yet. But I'll guarantee you one day, whether it's the day that you breathe your last breath or whatever it may be, you're going to find out that mercy has no longer got you covered. Mercy is something that God has granted us. It's unmerited. We don't earn it. God just gives it to us. 
And I looked at that young man that was laying there, and I thought, but for the mercy of God, there I would be also. But for the mercy of God, there I'd be also. Another 10 years in my life, and I got right with God. I'm just saying today, we don't know when mercy is going to run out. When is mercy going to run out with America? I have no idea. But if we keep stepping outside the boundaries of freedom, I'll guarantee you God's got a judgment day coming for us. You say, what well, the church is here. I'm gonna, I hate to disappoint you. There was always a remnant left, even in Israel. God will always have a remnant, but it does not keep Him from wiping a nation out. Mercy. We don't know. See, being found outside that line, being found outside that line of freedom, Shimei's freedom was on this side, but he chose to cross it, and he walked into judgment, the judgment of God. Pastor Oliver, if you'll come this morning. You know, this morning, as Christians, we have freedom in Christ. But sometimes we are taught that that freedom is that we can do whatever we want to do. I've been covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. I'm going to tell you, that is wrong doctrine. That's wrong teaching. It should be, hey, I'm set aside for God. Live your life for God. Paul says this. He says, hey, do we sin that grace may abound? No. Heaven forbid. We don't do that. The Word of God says that we should be set aside for Him. We should be living our lives for Him. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Do we have some false? Yes, we do. We have some flaws in our character. We have flaws. But the whole ideal is that we keep going forward. We can't take the freedom that God's given us and live outside those lines. Amen. Every freedom. The freedom that we proclaim as a nation this morning, it does not mean that you're free to do whatever you want to do. Go ask all the thousands of people in prison today. They found out that there's a line that you can't cross. There's a line that you can't cross. And when we talk about freedom, it has been paid for with a heavy price. But yet it's not so that we can do whatever we want without restraints. And we have people in our country today that are saying, hey, I am free to do whatever you want, whatever I want. You can't say anything about it. Well, I beg to differ with you today. Because I have the right to stand up and say what the Word of God says on your behalf so you understand that there are all lines to freedom. There are lines that you can't cross. Shimeon found that as soon as he crossed that line, mercy ran out for him, judgment came, and it cost him his life. Did you know if you read the rest of that story, he didn't even get to offer his defense. He didn't get to say, well, I thought you'd be all right with it, King Solomon. You know, I've served you good. You've seen it. I've been sending in my monthly report to you. I've been doing great. He didn't get to even offer a defense. And I've wondered about that, like Achan in the Old Testament. He didn't get to say a word. Because the line was drawn. Don't touch the things of Jericho. Wow. 
You know, I, I just think about those lines, and I know that's hard for us to understand sometimes. And it's really hard for us to understand when we say we are the land of the free and the brave, that I can do whatever I want to. I'm going to tell you today, that is not true. It's not. We can't have that mindset that we can just do whatever because of reliance. I thank God for His mercy. Listen, I thank God for His mercy when we find ourselves outside those lines. Amen. I thank God that He brings us back and He says, Sir, since you gave your heart to me, I'm going to put you in here and you got all the life that you want. Live in my city. Live in my city. Oh, because you'll find blessing there. You'll find anointing there. You'll find, you'll find peace there. Live in my city. Why? Listen, I, I know that there's some that want to experience outside those lines, even in church. But I'm going to tell you something. As a man that knows there's nothing out there that compares to what God gives you in here. Nothing compares to a relationship with Jesus Christ. The world has nothing to offer you. Amen? Within the perimeter of the relationship with Christ, it's a wonderful place to be. And I know sometimes we have things in our life that we allow, they, they start as a little temptation or whatever it may be, and we cross that line. You know who's on that line for the Christian? The Holy Spirit. He's going to come after you. Amen. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit come after you? Isn't it great? It's great in the long run if we listen and He brings us back into this place. The Holy Spirit comes. I thank God that He is one that loves me so much that He will bend me over His knee every now and then. I never liked that when I was growing up. But I'm going to tell you, He doesn't just bend you over and beat you. He gives you the reason and explains. How many have ever had that awakening that God says, this is why you've been going through what you're going through because you've been outside of that line. Come on, am I the only one? So this morning, are we free in this country? Yes, we are. But we are not totally free. If you're blood-bought and washed by the blood of the Lamb this morning in this house, are you free? Yes, you're free. But you're not totally free. You're free from sin. You're free from the bondage. But yet you still went from serving the devil, now you're serving the Lord. Amen? There's no such thing as complete freedom on this planet. I can't tell you what it's going to be like in heaven, but it's going to be wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, when we walk in the freedom that God established for us as Christians, it's a wonderful place to be.